Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates during events like General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery. We want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we learn what it means to be Free Methodist in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Hey everybody, you're listening to the episode for Monday, November 12th, 2018. This is episode 79, and uh, it's great to be back with all of you. I know we were kind of back last week. Of course, a a special episode um, that was different from our normal format, and uh, of course, as you kind of assumed and probably heard through that episode, uh, we are back from Cuba I came back, uh, actually it was the day before Halloween, so I guess that would be October 30th, and uh, been back, getting back into the the mix of things back at the church, and you know, just getting back into regular life now after the Cuba trip, um, but uh, I've, I, it's been great to hear your response, and, and on especially this last episode, I, I just want to take a moment to say, um, you know, with 79 episodes, this being the 79th episode, I, I've mentioned this before, but I, I'm not doing this. Um, because I get paid to do it or, you know, because I, um, somebody asked me to, I just had the idea a long time ago that this is something that I would like to see. Um, and so I decided to start this podcast, um, just because it was something that I would personally feel that I would profit from and enjoy, um, you know, if I were listening to it. So, um, I made this podcast and I've been putting it together and, and the best thing that I feel comes out of it from my perspective is when I get to hear from you, when I get to hear from those of you who are listening and I hear anything, I hear, Hey, I, I really got a lot out of this episode or, Hey, um, you know, I was really thinking about what was said in such and such episode. Uh, When I hear the feedback from all of you, that gives me the encouragement to continue going. Um, It's also great to see some of the the statistics on downloads show me some things as well. So um, from this past episode, the second installment of Do It For The Story, Um, Of course, we had, uh, that was episode 78, and 70 episodes prior, episode 8, we did the first installment. It's been a very long time, a year or so, since the first installment of that kind of format, Do It For The Story episode. Um, And so um, what was cool to see was that after all the downloads came in, of the Cuba episode of this past week's episode, um, there were a bunch of downloads popping up for episode eight. So people went back and listened to that one. So while I didn't hear specifically people saying, oh, I went back and I listened to the other one, um, I know that it happened because I saw the downloads come in. So hey, if you're out there and uh, you, you have learned something from one of the episodes, from an interview with somebody, um, I'm sure that the people who were interviewed would love to hear from you. Um, I would personally love to hear from you. If you've learned anything, or you enjoyed a certain episode, please uh, continue to let me know. It's certainly not, um, you're not uh, annoying or anything to contact me. It's actually just the opposite. It really helps me um, and encourages me to continue going with this podcast to hear from you in all the different ways that we have available. Of course, you can email me at josh at befreemc.org. We also have a voicemail line. I mention this from time to time. The voicemail line, you can call this number, 914-FMC-USA-1. 914-FMC-USA-1. And if you call that number, it won't, 
you know, ring, no one will answer. Uh, it will go straight to a voicemail and you leave the voicemail and I can play your voicemail on an upcoming show. I can listen to that. You know, if you don't want it played on the show, that's fine. You know, just call and say, I don't want this on the show, but you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's fine too. Um, but again, thanks for all your responses and I look forward to the um, ongoing responses and meeting many of you hopefully at General Conference in Orlando this coming year as well. Well, we were out uh, in preparation, or actually not in preparation, but when I was on my Cuba trip, we were off for two weeks, and then last week was the special episode, so we didn't have any breaking news segments, but it is time once again, because we have a lot of breaking news. Foremost, we had mentioned here on the show that there was a contest going on for uh, artists to enter the Flat BT contest. In other words, you've heard of Flat Stanley and uh, BT Roberts being the founder of the Free Methodist Church. The Historical Society said, let's make a Flat BT Roberts. And so people can now uh, print out the Flat BT. So the, the contest is over. Um, and there were uh, many people who, who entered. There were over 20 submissions from 13 states with individuals ranging in age from four years old to over 60 years old. Uh, they write that the creativity was abundant and we appreciate each, each entry. Um, the grand prize winner uh, whose image they are going to be using is Frank Ballew. And there were some um, other places that, that also placed and, and got prizes. Uh, but the grand prize winner's image is being used. Um, you'll have to go on to the site and I'll put a link in the show notes for you um, to take a look at the flat BT. And what you can do if you have a printer, you can print out the BT, Roberts, and then you color him in uh, and you take him, say you're going on vacation or maybe you're listening um, and um, and uh, you uh, go to uh, a free Methodist church. You just take him to your church on Sunday, you know, wherever you're at. Take him with you. You take pictures and you post it on Facebook. Um, you post the flat BT Roberts and you use these hashtags. Now, if you're older, you might say, now, what's this hashtag all about? So you write a hashtag and then you write flat BT or Marston Historical. When, when you go to this, the, this website that I'm going to put in the show notes, it will you'll read all about this and you'll see more about what that means. Uh, but that hashtag will allow people uh, from the World Ministry Center to be able to see your post. They'll be able to see, oh, look at where, you know, this flat BT Roberts was uh, taking a picture picture in front of Niagara Falls, for example, right? Um, so take them all over with you. Take them on your vacations. Take them with you on your travels. Uh, and leading up to General Conference, they'll hopefully have a bunch of images to say, hey, look at where uh, the flat BT Roberts has been traveling across America. And of course, um, it's just a fun way to kind of get out the word of people who say, who in the world is, is flat BT Roberts? And then you say, well, he founded the Free Methodist Church. Well, what's the Free Methodist Church? Just starts those conversations and really a fun way um, to get the word out of about free Methodism as a whole. Um, so certainly um, check that out and print one out and uh, have some fun with that. Also, um, like I said, there are a lot of, of breaking news uh, things here today. Um, and some of you may have already heard this, um, that Delia uh, Nuesh Oliver, Oliver, who is the who has been the area director uh, for the past 10 years, um, in Latin America, she is um, 
um, stepping down from that here in the next year. She'll actually be uh, resigning. Her last day would be March 31st, 2019. Um, so she's stepping down. It's been 10 years, and she has been doing a great job with her husband, Paul, um, in Latin America, and they've just been doing a bunch of great stuff. Um, so the Board of Bishops, in preparation for this, have been trying to figure out, okay, now who is the right person to take over the area directing of Latin America? And uh, they are announcing recently, they have announced that uh, Dr. Ricardo Gomez is the new area director, and of course his family will come along with him. Uh, that name may sound familiar to you because Ricardo has been a missionary for over a decade already in Chile and Colombia, and uh, he knows the challenges. He's familiar with what's going on in the area, um, and uh, so it will be great for him and his family to take over being the area director and uh, his family, of course, supporting him and working a lot with him there um, in in Latin America. So we want to continue to pray for them and uh, really, you know, just lift them up as far as uh, what's to come within this next year. They'll be starting in April then uh, after Delia steps down in the end of March. Um, also, kind of some sad news as far as stepping down and things ending. Uh, WMI, which is Women's Ministries International, will dissolve at the end of the year. Um, so at, on December 31st, the last day of this year, uh, Women's Ministries International will be no longer. Um, you may have heard in e-newsletters or um, updates if you followed Women's Ministries International on an email um, or on the website, you may have heard that they've had declining numbers in membership, they've had um, declining financial contributions, and many people have stepped up when they heard those emails. They, they read it, they said, hey, we can't let this thing fall through, we got to you know, donate more. And sure enough, they did, but it just, uh, as they looked at the numbers at the end of the year, they said, you know what, it would not be right for us, financially right of us to continue. Um, and so they are going to be dissolving here at the end of the year. Um, there is a, uh, um, an article written, a letter written um, from the executive president, Alma Jen Jensinski, um, and the other representatives there on the board. Um, and they, ha they have a positive outlook. You know, they don't say, well, that's it. It's all over. You know, <laughs> they, they come around and say um, a lot. And I'll link you to that, that uh, whole letter so you can read it for yourselves. Um, but ultimately, they say the light of Christ will continue to be carried. So they're not saying, oh, well, that's it, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing, you know. We're going to continue on and say, say, the voices of women around the world are now being heard by others, not only in the Free Methodist family, but also within other organizations that champion women. So they've been able to look back on their past and say, wow, um, things have really changed from when we first started out here. And uh, it's really encouraging to see what has happened in, around the world. Um, and so it will continue, you know, in the churches and, and the women's ministries will continue uh, in the Free Methodist Church as a whole. It's certainly not the end of that in any, in any means. Uh, so we also have coming up, of course, I've been mentioning General Conference, and uh, we will get into some specifics on a future show probably early in January, um, kind of running through what's going to be happening there. There's not only um, some of the you know, main things that you would expect, main sessions, but there are optional events too, dinners, really fun stuff that's going to be going on. I won't get into it now. Like I say, I'll, I will go deep and, and, and um, kind of investigate what's all going to be happening sometime in January. Um, but I bring up General Conference once again to just remind you that uh, early registration is only available until January 
January 14th of next year. So you have a little over two months, um, but the uh, registration for uh, just an attendee um, is going to cost you um, $169. Um, so you're going to want to, that's the early bird registration. It then goes up $30 after that. Um, so you're going to want to register, um, you know, fairly soon and you're going to want to start thinking about how you're going to pay for it, you know, so you don't get to January and say, oh shoot, I, I forgot to save any money, you know? Um, so you're going to want to do that as well. Um, begin thinking about that again, January 14th is, uh, the last day to get the early registration. And after that, it will be almost $200. Um, so you're going to want to register as soon as you can. Um, also, uh, this is our last little breaking news thing here. Um, within the last month, in the time that we were um, we were on our hiatus here on the show, um, Light and Life magazine um, unveiled a whole new layer of stuff that they're doing. They're calling it Illuminate. Uh, essentially, it's a study guide that goes along with each and every single. Uh, Light and Life magazine. So if you go on the website, once again, I'll put a link to this in the show notes today. Um, if you look in, 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 uh, on the website, you'll see that every single article in your Light and Life magazine then comes with two to three questions. Uh, so you can essentially uh, take this month's November's magazine, open it up. Okay, I'm going to uh, check out uh, this article. I have it with me now. I'm going to open it up here. Here's an article on Revival, a Revival Journal of Pure Bible Truth. Okay, so I'm checking this article out here. Um, and what I see here, and this is the opener, I should say, the opener by Jeff Finley, when you first open the first uh, page. So uh, then you, you read the article, and then you go on to the site to illuminate the study guide, and you have two questions there. Like the first one, for example, says, We often lose sight of our connection to a long story of Christ followers, whether we grew up in the church or not. How has your story impacted your view of church history? So it's like almost a discussion on every single article you can take for personal reflection. Maybe you use it uh, to guide discussion in a small group or in a you know uh, Sunday school or something like that. It's really, you could use it for so many different things. Um, but it's interesting, another way, just another way for you and your congregation and, and your family to connect with the Light and Life magazine, to take it another step further. Um, and they even have, um, along with this, further reading, um, and that further reading is our scripture references. So for example, that article I just referenced, they have Philippians 4, 2 through 9, Acts 9, 1 through 31. So you're not only able to uh, think deeper with these questions about what these authors are writing in their articles, but then you're able to take the next step and say, well, I want to read some scriptures about this, this topic that Jeff was talking about in the opener here. So you're going to take it and you're going to look at these scriptures. So this is really a great way for you to... Um, to, to connect with Light and Life. And it's a great idea for all of those who ever came up with it, Jay Cordova and the team, uh, Jeff Finley over there. Um, all of you are doing a great job. We continue to see great things coming out from, from everything over at Light and Life. Um, and I wanted to point out, just before we move on to our main segment for today, I wanted to point out an article um, that's kind of funny. It's by Bishop Roller, and it's called uh, 2168, 12 Reports About the Church, 150 Years Forward. So just by looking at the title of the article, you think, okay, well, is this, um, he, he's trying to uh, just guess at what the church will look like in 150 years. And it's kind of what the article is, but it's kind of a, it's a combination of a joke article, kind of like a futuristic sci-fi, you know, talking about jetpacks and different things. But then when you read it, you realize, wait a minute, it's not like, 
it's a, it has the front of a joke, but there's truth in what he's writing. So he has these 12 um, pieces that are that he is uh, kind of joking about happening 150 years into the future. But when you read it, you go, well, actually, there's some deep stuff in here. So let me read you. I just want to read you number 12 because it connects with what we've been talking about here on this show um, over the course of a few episodes, specifically even just last week, with that idea of community and meeting in homes. Um, so remember, again, there's some jokes here. Um, um, but get to the deeper core of what he's saying, uh, looking 150 years into the future. Bishop Roller says, Reports have recently surfaced of a renegade free church movement called the Really Free Church, where people actually try to learn from the stories of the Bible in small groups of believers who live lives of radical obedience and sacrifice. Apparently, some of these renegades purport to care for each other, pray for each other, work together for social change, sing the stories of truth, give exchange units from their own accounts, and stick together no matter what comes. And uh, this is just one example of the 12 things that, you know, he's looking forward into the future. So, like I say, he says, give exchange units from their own accounts. That's a futuristic word for money, right? So he's using some sci-fi language, some joke language here, and, and some of the things that he writes are kind of funny. Um, but, uh, like, the, the really free church, you know, in 150 years, um, this renegade free church movement, um, but there's that core of saying like, okay, hey, people are really coming back to, starting to come back to this idea that, hey, it's not just reading the stories of the Bible. It's actually trying to learn from them. It's getting into small groups of believers who live lives of radical obedience and sacrifice. They care for each other, pray for each other. I won't read through the whole thing again, but I thought, you know what? That's exactly what we've been talking about here. This is exactly what we've been saying. Um, and I hope it doesn't take 150 years for all of us to get on board with this idea of community and of these small uh, groups meeting in homes that really do live up to what we see in the book of Acts. Um, so that was exciting to read and uh, uh, funny to read the whole article there. Um, this month's Light and Life, um, November Light and Life, is the 150th anniversary celebration, really. Um, the cover is amazing. You just have to pick it up just for the cover alone. Um, just when you look at it, just I, I can't describe it to you. You just need to go get it if you haven't already got it. Um, just really awesome whoever, uh, I guess I, I can look at the side, Trent, Th Trent Thompson illustrated this. He did a great job here. Um, but the inside is filled with great stuff too. So you just, you really need to pick up this month um, if you haven't already. So um, all of that being said, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Before we continue on, I, I realize I made a mistake here this morning. I, I went to our transition without praying for our Free Methodist World Missions. And so uh, we're going to do that quickly. I'm looking at my um, calendar here for November 12th today, Monday. It says that we are to pray for the Middle East today. Uh, it specifically tells us that house churches are being planted in several unnamed countries. Of course, we can't name those countries. They're creative access countries because they uh, could be dangerous to you know, be there in these, in these countries. Uh, so it tells us the number of churches is increasing monthly. Pray for discipleship and growth of the new believers. So uh, let's go ahead and pray for these churches in the Middle East, and then we'll move on here. Dear God, we just thank you for this uh, time that we have here on this podcast. We thank you for those churches in the Middle East. We thank you for um, 
these uh, this increase that we're seeing um, in these countries, and we don't know what the names of these countries are, but you know what they are, and so we thank you. Um, we again see this theme of these home churches that are increasing. These home churches are uh, really multiplying, and uh, so we thank you for this. Um, what seems to be this movement that you are increasing here, and uh, we pray for the discipleship. We pray for the growth of these new believers that you will help them to stay on track, that they would not be. Uh, you know, averted by fear or by uh, their old ways or whatever might get them off track, but that they might be focused on you. Um, and now we just pray for this time that we have together here and that you will bless it that we will focus on your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, I uh, every so often, usually every uh, eight to ten episodes, I uh, come back to a Bible study that we've been going through for quite some time together. Because, I mean, it is every eight or so episodes. That means it's every few months. Um, so we've been actually walking through the book of James. Um, we are in chapter three, James 3, 13 through 18 today. And uh, there are in total five chapters of James. So today we will finish up chapter three and uh, in a few months we'll go on to chapter four um, and there will probably be, uh, you know, several months worth more of, uh, of, of content um, in terms of James. And then maybe we'll go to another book from time to time and we'll, we'll do a study together. Um, but today let's look at James 3. 13 through 18, and what we'll do uh, is what we, we like to do often, which is um, we'll read verse by verse and we'll kind of break it down. So let's just start with verse 13. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So we start out here, we see that James is, is going to be talking about wisdom. This whole section here, 13 through 18, is, is about wisdom, two kinds of wisdom to be more specific. And in this first opening verse on wisdom, he speaks about wisdom being shown by a good life. He says, let him show it by the good life. So he's, you know, kind of doing the opposite of what we might we might think. Um, and, and really, James, you know, this isn't something new for James. It's not as if, you know, all the other chapters, he's been saying something different. And now all of a sudden he's talking about living rightly, <laughs> right? If you've ever read James or you've been following along in this study, you know he's been talking about your deeds. What are you doing with your faith? Are you just learning all the right stuff or are you doing the right stuff? Um, and so this is not something new for him, but now he's attributing wisdom into this, into this mix here. Um, and so wisdom is shown by the good life. Uh, we look back to James 1.5 and we see in James 1.5 here, um, it says, uh, it talks about, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. So we see kind of an order of things, first and foremost, that the wisdom comes from God. It's not something that we could just come up with or say one day you wake up, you go, oh, I just had a revelation. Well, it doesn't come without coming from God. You can't, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get, get more wise. You know, that's just not something that you do. James makes it clear in the Gospels, the, the, um, the scripture as a whole makes it clear that what James says is true. If any of you lacks wisdom... Ask God for that wisdom. He is the source of the wisdom. And wisdom is not just an acquired information. It's not just a bunch of stuff that you learn, but it's practical insight with spiritual implications. So it's just what James is talking about. Wisdom is not just something that you can sit back and talk about. 
And really, you know, for me, and maybe it's been true for a lot of you out there listening, we would a lot of times use different definition of wisdom. We attribute knowledge and wisdom to being very similar, um, and yet um, knowledge and wisdom, facts and wisdom, are actually very different. Because again, wisdom is not just the information of knowing a bunch of stuff, but it is the practicality of living it out. It's knowing what to do, the difference between right and wrong, and then acting on it. You know, being able to put it into practice in the real world, not just writing it down in a book, right? Um, and it, it really, wisdom has spiritual implications, as we're going to see played out here in these following verses. So let's go ahead and now move on to the next section here, 14 through 16. He says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. So here now we're hearing about a false wisdom, which I, you know what, before I read this passage, I never really thought about that before. You know, I never really sat down and thought, well, well, there's some false wisdoms and then there's the real wisdom. You know, you think of wisdom, you think of what we just talked about, the wisdom that comes from God, the wisdom of Solomon. You know, you think of different people that lived out biblical definitions of wisdom. But I, I don't often think of the false wisdom that he brings up here, but it's so true, isn't it? Um, the wisdom that he speaks of here, and actually in the NIV that I'm reading from, uh, the in verse 15 where it says, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. The word wisdom is in quotation marks, as if he's kind of, you know, being sarcastic or ironic a little bit here, just saying such wisdom, right? And uh, in those quotes to say, well, really, when it comes down to it, it's not wisdom at all. It's a false wisdom. Now, it may seem like wisdom to the individual. It may seem like, wow, I'm really being wise here, right? But at the end of the day, what is revealed is that that person or that individual is fooling themselves and maybe fooling others, but they're denying the truth. That's what we just read in verse 14. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Sometimes we, we may not even realize we're denying the truth, but we are with the things we say, the things we do. Um, and James specifically, of course, he's focusing in on the things that we do sometimes reveal the truth about this. So who's wise in understanding? You know, half of the people in the congregation, they might stand up, but really who is wise in understanding? Well, let's find out. Let's see the deeds. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what's revealed in the heart. You know, don't, let's see what the truth is. We can't deny the truth once it's all exposed. When I was looking at these verses, I was reminded of Proverbs 14, 12. You know, it's that famous verse that says, you know, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And I think that's kind of similar to what he's talking about here. You know, this false wisdom may seem right to many of us. This false wisdom that we've talked ourselves into, it may seem like the best path or the best thing for us. And there are extreme examples and not so extreme examples, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Because this false wisdom comes from the devil. It's unspiritual. It's earthly. It says it, 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 there's disorder in every evil practice. 
And what I want to do here is take a moment to look because he actually mentions two specific things out of this false wisdom twice within these verses. He talks about bitter envy and selfish ambition. And so since he says it twice, it seems pretty important um, that he wanted that he that he would mention that two times here. So let's look at both of what each of these things would mean. First of all, he says, you if you harbor bitter envy in your hearts. Bitter envy, uh, envy is a similar word to jealousy or, you know, discontentment deep inside. Um, I looked up specifically, you know, the dictionary definition of, of this envy. It says a desire to have a quality or possession belonging to another. So it's that, you know, it's that jealousy. It's you look at what another person has, you want that thing. You're jealous. You're envious of that person. You're discontent with your own life. And so this bitter envy stems from, you know, looking around and wanting what somebody else has or something that you don't have. Um, so this is a part of this false wisdom. This is wrapped up with this false wisdom. So we get this idea, hey, I want that thing. So-and-so, my neighbor, my friend has this thing or they have this uh, person in their life. Maybe it's a relationship, you know, whatever it is. We look and we envy what someone else has. And we have a false wisdom that enters our minds that is caused, that is that is originating from that bitter envy and we don't realize it. We come to these conclusions about how we're going to achieve or get this item or this thing that we see our neighbor has that we're envious of and we want that thing. That's stemming from something evil. That's stemming, stemming from the jealousy, the envy in our hearts. But we don't really see it that way. We see it as, well, how am I going to achieve this thing? And so we go about our lives trying to achieve that thing. And, you know, it, and, and it creates this false wisdom that really doesn't come from heaven, right? Um, verse 13 that we just read a little bit ago, going back and looking at that, it says that humility comes from wisdom. The deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. So if humility comes from wisdom, that's really just the opposite of this bitter envy. The humility of just being humble and saying, you know what? Hey, I may not have a lot, but uh, I'm humble. I, I know um, I'm thankful for what I do have. You know, I thank God for it. I, I you know, feel as if, you know, God has provided for me. And, and you're humble. You're not looking to up one-up somebody else or try to be prideful about what you do or don't have, right? You're humble. And that's what the root of the real wisdom is. So you got to examine ourselves. We got to examine ourselves and say, is, is, are the things that I'm doing, is it coming out of a humbleness or am I living my life out of, a, out of this envy? You know, and that's hard. That's hard to examine yourself and actually come to that conclusion. But maybe some of us will today when we're hearing this, when we're looking at this passage in James. Now, he, he mentions the second thing, as we said. He says, bitter envy and selfish ambition. The selfish ambition, of course, is pretty self-explanatory. An ambition is, isn't bad in and of itself. An ambition, an ambitious person, you know, you have um, a, a goal, a career, uh, something in your mind, and you go after that thing. You're ambitious. You, you want to complete um, some sort of goal or, um, you know, in, in some way. Uh, so, a, but a selfish ambition, again, it's, it's really coming out of this envy, isn't it? It's coming out of the opposite of being humble. It's coming out of the opposite of pride. Uh, it's coming out of pride, I should say. I'm sorry. 
Um, so this selfish ambition is thinking only of yourself. And really, I have a, a great example of this um, selfish ambition uh, that I experienced, that I was able to, to see this past week. Uh, you'll know from some of the past episodes, if you've been listening for a while, we interviewed, of course, Kevin Austin. I bring him up often with our Set Free Movement. And uh, we're trying to start something up here in the Canfield area, just figuring out how can we plug into ending human trafficking in Mahoning County. Uh, which is in the area of Ohio that we're in. And so um, in this, you know, right now, uh, there's there's no set thing from Kevin where he says, well, go out and just start doing this, you know, um, as far as getting involved in ending human trafficking today because each area is different, right? So you need to know what is your situation in your county, in your neighborhood? What are they dealing with specifically? And only you can can learn that. You know, Kevin, with all his stuff all over the United States and the world, he can't come in and tell you, this is what's going on in your county, unless he were to spend, you know, time in your county, in your area. So all that to say, um, I've been thinking, well, how can I learn more about what's happening with human trafficking? So I've been meeting with some people, some politicians and whatnot, but it actually came this past week um, that the very first ever in, in the history of Mahoning County, the very first jury trial for human trafficking uh, came to the court. And so I decided, you know, what, I'm going to go down. And so I was there uh, Monday through Wednesday and I was sitting there. It was very different uh, from what I had expected going in. All I knew about the case was that a guy named David Kellner was uh, on on trial uh, for for um, human trafficking, and that it involved some sort of relative that he was uh, that was one of the girls that he was selling um, back three years ago. So that's all I knew. But as I entered into the you know trial, and as the prosecution were there and they were presenting their evidence, and it became very clear that he was guilty uh, very quickly from the neighbors um, and all this, but the story unfolded of what the truth was. It wasn't just a relative and it wasn't just a woman. I mean, any any sort of human trafficking is evil, wrong, but really it almost was the next level of what this man had done because it was revealed that he was trafficking his daughter, his 15-year-old daughter at the time. She's older now. Um, and she had to speak against her own father um, in this case. And one of the other daughters did as well and spoke against him. But you think about that selfish ambition and the motive was unveiled during the trial. Um, he was on drugs at the time and would do anything to get money. And so he sold his daughter to the next door neighbor who was 35. She was 15. And he sold her for how much money? I don't know. $100 a night was what the one guy said. Somebody else said something different. But it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, for money, you're going to sell your daughter. For, to support a drug habit. You know, drugs make people do a lot of crazy things, but that's a selfish ambition. You're only thinking of yourself when you're doing that sort of a thing, right? I mean, no one can argue with that. And, and in that sort of, I mean, again, I said there's extreme cases of selfish ambition and some are not so, so extreme. This is an extreme case. You know, when James uses the language here in verse 15 where he says, you know, this false wisdom is earthly, it's unspiritual and of the devil. Those first two, you know, those first few two descriptions don't even hardly touch what happened here. To say, hey, when David Kellner sold out his daughter, that was pretty earthly. 
You know, that was pretty unspiritual. Like, it's a lot deeper than that. It starts to get into it when we say it's of the devil. I mean, that's pretty good, pretty good uh, descriptive wording to say what he, to describe what this man did, right? Um, but it stems from a selfish ambition. It stemmed from that selfish ambition of him looking around, him saying, hey, I'm out of money. What am I going to do? I have to support my addiction here. And so then the next thing he does, he turns to, well, I have a source of unlimited income right in front of me, my own daughters. Uh, for many of us, I hope, I shouldn't even say many of us, I hope all of us, everyone listening to this right now um, is just, you know, totally um, upset by that and uh, sees that as, as evil, you know. Um, but what are some smaller things in our lives that we live our lives with selfish ambition and we've, we've just, you know, explained it away because, you know, we need to support ourselves. We're only thinking of ourselves, maybe in a lot of smaller ways. So we have to really examine ourselves and only you can do that, you know, that later on after you stop listening to this podcast. But examine yourself. Think about these two areas of false wisdom, this selfish ambition and this bitter envy, and are you wrapped up, even in small ways, in some of those things, and how can you move on? Now, James, thankfully, doesn't leave us right there with the wisdom uh, talk. He talks about the wisdom that comes from heaven next. So let's look at verse 17. He says, the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So he talks about first the false wisdom. Now he gets into this wisdom that is real, that is from heaven. And it's interesting, you know, it, what stood out to me when I was reading his list of things that are involved in this wisdom, he sets apart one word. He says, it's first of all pure. I thought that was really interesting because he sets that apart. He says, first and foremost, this wisdom is pure. And I think it's important that he said that because he's just talked about the false wisdom involves all sorts of things that seem okay, right? They seem right to a man, to the guy that's doing it. Somehow it makes sense in the person's mind. But there's a lot of, it's been convoluted. It's been, um, you know, dirtied and muddied and sin has gotten into it. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, he says, first and foremost, it's pure. There's not little bits of, of mess mixed into it. And, you know, throughout the Bible, throughout the scripture, many, many times, time and time again, God says, be holy as I am holy. He commands this time and time again to people. He says, I want you to be holy as I am holy. And this wisdom, James says, is pure. It's holy. This wisdom comes from holiness. This wisdom, of course, comes not from our own holiness or something we could dredge up on our own, but this wisdom comes from God's holiness that then he imparts to us and we can experience. Um, so this holiness, this holy life that we're seeking after um, is, is first of all, first and foremost, linked to this wisdom. And this wisdom is linked first and foremost to this holiness. Um, so we look, uh, then look at these other traits here. He said, then, it's, then after that, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. One of the ones that kind of stands out on that list to me, because I just have to think for a moment um, about what it means. You know, some of them, full of mercy, that's pretty self-explanatory. Peace-loving, sincere, okay, yeah, good fruit, we've heard of that from Jesus. But impartial, okay, impartial, how does that, how's that fit with the wisdom? Um, and actually... Uh, what's always happens with me, and maybe this happens with you too, is that we end up reading these, <coughs> excuse me, 
uh, we end up reading these passages in Scripture um, like in chapters, the chapter divisions or the section divisions as we're reading today. Um, and we forget that these divisions didn't originally exist. So James didn't sit down and write, okay, chapter three, taming the tongue. Now I want to write two kinds of wisdom. You know, those parts were put in later to kind of help us to differentiate and to navigate the Bible. When it first came out, this letter from James was just one full letter. Um, so when he talks about um, this wisdom being impartial, we, we look through, through what we've already read in his letter, and we find that he's talked about impartiality already. Um, in the context of the full letter, we go back to James 2, verses 1 through 13, and he in, discusses being impartial. He talks about that favoritism, that people would, would put somebody above another. And I won't go into his discussion of, uh, in James 2 right now. Um, if you'd like to hear more about that favoritism and the impartiality, um, you can listen back to episode 51. We did a, a discussion on that. Um, but what we understand from this, going back to James 3, um, James is, is serious about this, that this wisdom that he's talking about not only leads to, the, um, to, to being considerate and sincere and full of mercy and peace-loving, but this leads to um, being impartial, that you don't look down upon someone when they come into the service. You, know, you don't look down upon someone because they don't have as much as you. Um, again, that's traced back to that sort of life of of looking down at somebody it's traced back to that envy it's traced back to ranking people ranking yourself over somebody or under somebody or whatever this is impartiality with this wisdom so the order of things here as james kind of laid it out is we're seeking god uh, he said back in starting in, in chapter one right as we already said he said you seek in god if you need the wisdom so you're seeking God and his holiness, and then that leads to this pure and holy wisdom, and then that leads to these characteristics. That leads to the good life. So he said this before, and the Bible makes this clear, that you don't do a bunch of good stuff and then say, well, I've done a bunch of good stuff, now I'm getting into heaven. Of course, we know it's the other way around, right? And James's argument here is, you can't just say you're a Christian and believe in the right stuff and not do the right stuff. So you've sought his holiness, you've sought God, you've said you've achieved this pure wisdom. Now these characteristics, these things should be playing themselves out in your life. So let's look at the last verse here. It's very short. Uh, verse 18, it says, Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So this is a harvest of righteousness. And a harvest, of course, is a, is a farming metaphor, a sowing, and a, the sowing is a harvest metaphor. And um, I'm, I'm sorry, a farming metaphor. And uh, farming metaphors are common, in, in, especially in the New Testament scriptures. Um, they're common in the stories of Jesus a lot of times. Um, they're common in the first century world. Um, they still make sense to us today, thankfully. It's not as if we don't understand what he's saying about a harvest or sowing a seed, right? Um, but he's saying in the same way that you sow a seed and you get a harvest of, say, grain, um, you sow the, the peace. The peace goes in and the righteousness comes out. So he's almost coming full circle here. He's saying the peace, the peacemakers, they're doing this stuff. They're living in peace. Then they reap this righteousness. They live the, whole, the righteous life. They experience holy living. So you're, you're achieving the holy living. 
You're um, going after the holy living by asking God, by coming to him who can be the only source of it. It then leads to the characteristics of the good deeds. And then it leads, leads to a harvest of holy living, of holy life, of righteousness. It's coming full circle. And on top of that, when he says peace, we look at this wisdom once again, the wisdom that comes from heaven. We compare that peace, the wisdom, the peace that comes from heaven, the wisdom that comes from heaven versus the, the false wisdom that comes in verse 16, which leads to discord. It's really, the again, the opposite. The discord, all everybody fighting each other, all the craziness that goes on there uh, is the opposite of the peace that you can experience if you follow after and you seek after the true wisdom that is available uh, through God and through Jesus. So in all of this, and as we wrap up our, um, our study for today, um, we'll pick back up in chapter four next time, um, next uh, probably in a few months or so, a couple episodes go by. Um, but as we wrap this up and as we think over everything that we've looked at in this kinds of wisdom today, um, let me just uh, close by saying this blessing over you. May you choose peace over discord. May you cast out any false wisdom from your life, even if you don't even know it's there. And may you come full circle from holy living to a harvest of righteousness. Grace and peace be with you all. We'll see you next week.